Greetings. This is Atma Boda. We got a special guest today. His name is Seth, and he's had some interesting experiences and insights when it comes to spiritual philosophy that we're going to get into. Today is February 26th, and we are beginning now. Greetings, Seth. Hello, Atma. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, if you don't mind, if you could just uh, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself. All right. Um, well, <clears throat> I will start by saying like, uh, start by saying it in this way, this incarnation, um, I, um, I consider this to be just an average life, uh, nothing big, um, wasn't born in wealth or, you know, anything like that. It's just, uh, you can consider me a, a normal person, uh, if you, well, whatever normal is. I don't actually know what that is, but um, I, I don't consider myself to be a master. I don't consider myself ascended. I've just had experiences like anyone else and just happened upon this, like this knowledge without seeking it, to be honest. Um, I like was raised Christian um, for the majority of my life from birth up until about the age of 16, uh, when I realized that uh, Christianity, like the religion of Christianity didn't really answer the spiritual questions that I had. I just didn't feel it. Like I couldn't get into it the way that the, the rest of my family does and still does even today. Um, so then I set off on my own. I like stopped believing that there was a God, wasn't sure. So straddled the line of atheism, agnosticism, like a lot of people do on their spiritual journey if, from what I uh, witnessed, if you will. Um, but then things changed, uh, certain events happened. Um, well, we can go into those details if you wanna know more about them. Um, but essentially I, I learned, uh, put it this way, I learned more about who I am rather than will say the truth or whatever people put out there to try to okay. convince other great. people. I mean, it's um, great to have you on, on uh -huh. board here with the podcast and uh, yeah, th this is going to be an interesting talk. Yeah. I, I hope it is. <laughs> yeah. And if you, again, if you have any questions for me, you feel free. This is like just a, a conversation. It's not necessarily uh -huh. an interview. I don't want to, I don't want you to feel put on the spot or anything like that. Oh. Ah, well, that's something I'll have to struggle with, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, I know right now we've are in an in interesting time with the Ukrainian conflict happening abroad. Do you, do you have any comments on on, on that? Um, my personal view is that, like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want anybody to to get the wrong idea, but although I don't agree with war, although I don't, uh, although I wish war didn't seem necessary, it's not necessary, but it seems necessary from our finite point of view. Um, although I don't, <clears throat> I wish that it didn't seem that way. Like it, <clears throat> it's, it's playing out. It is what it is. It's, 
um, I mean, these are things that we need to deal with within ourselves. And before we can, before we deal with them within ourselves, that's not going to be reflected outside of ourselves. So, as bad as the war is, um, it's it's not, I, again, I don't want to use the word necessary evil because it's mm -hmm. not, it's really not necessary uh, in the, in the long, like in the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah. Well, I, I personally am yeah. not an advocate for war. I, I would like mm -hmm. to see everybody all get along and right. Peace find nonviolent solutions yep. to yep. problems. But at the same time, and, I don't want to be quick to demonize one side over the other and say, oh, the Russians absolutely. are evil. Because, you know, everybody has their own narrative and everybody will see themselves as a hero of their own story. So there's, well, there's the main character, more than yeah. one side, <laughs> more than one yeah. side to every tale. But uh, yeah. Well, two sides to every coin. I mean, if you want to uh, like, I will preface this by saying that <clears throat> don't don't take what you're told literally. That's that's the problem that that a lot of humans face. I myself have faced that quite often throughout my life is that we take like, so when we say that everything has like every, uh, there are two sides to every coin, right? Well, people take that quite literally to mean that, you know, there's a physical coin and you're flipping it and one side is good and one mm -hmm. side is evil. It's like, it's, it's all symbolic. Get away from the, the literal translation, like even, our holy books like um the bible and quran and torah and uh buddhist scripts and hindu scripts and whatever <clears throat> greek mythology norse mythology it's like everything's taken too literally what's the symbolism behind it mm -hmm. well i think it um, all comes back down to experience and, and people's individual mm -hmm. experiences and speaking of experience do you have anything you want to share with regards to maybe your first um spiritual experiences or when you first discovered that hey maybe i shouldn't be an atheist maybe there is something more to this that i didn't know before well um <clears throat> i also want to preference this with uh drug use um i know that a lot of people have different conflicting opinions on drugs um some people think they're bad some people think they're good some people think they're too good um some people think they're too bad i will say that it was necessary like it was necessary for this incarnation to experience that so going back to um when i was 16 i left the church because personal things that had happened in my life like i felt like my mom was abandoning me um i had already lost my dad uh years prior actually at birth because he left at birth and i never saw him but um lost him when i was seven so i was essentially just swimming in this uh, belief that nothing was good that everything was bad and growing up in the church i couldn't for some reason this personality this ego couldn't let go enough to have any sort of spiritual experience within the church not to say that people don't like i don't discredit those who have been in like who are in christianity and then have experiences like the religion that i was in they believed in talking in tongues the glossolalia um the, uh you know miracles healings you know whatever it is like those 
those things are those things can happen it isn't that those are like that they're wrong or that uh those things don't exist and that they're making them up they do it's just that i couldn't i couldn't let myself like ride that wave if you will you know i was i was always resisting <clears throat> the the stream of it all so uh, every, once everything hit ahead uh, at about 16, I left the church. I went into my agnostic uh, atheism point of view, and I struggled with that for many years where I would go back and forth between there is no God. Well, maybe there is a God, but I just don't know. There is no God. Back and forth, back and forth. <clears throat> well, it all hit like it all at, at, from 16 to I want to say about 27 or 28 so about 11 12 years I struggled with that kind of agnostic atheism view well in doing that I had accumulated this negative energy within myself because I couldn't let go <clears throat> so it manifested in this uh physically it manifested in a a, a pain uh, within my stomach area, like uh, right below my ribs. And so I didn't know what to do. I was experiencing these physical sensations and I uh, mentally I was going crazy. Mentally, I had no idea what was going on. I was trying to figure it out. I went to a doctor to try to see if they could do anything. And they said, well, physically you look fine. So that to me, like at the time, I was like, that can't be that I, I know that I'm physically feeling something. Mm -hmm. it, was but, this uh, before or after you started? It sounds like you were experimenting with drugs at some point. Is that correct? Yes. So this is this is before the the this is before I got serious with taking substances. So before I would dabble in it, like I had done weed uh, as a teenager like I didn't really feel anything like um, it, it wasn't any sort of any sort of experience to write home about you know I had a teenager experiences that I would tell other people like oh this happened or that happened but nothing from a spiritual aspect and then I had tried Molly once and really that was the the gateway into realizing that there's something more to reality and for those who don't know Molly is heroin correct no, Molly is MDMA. Oh, MDMA. So you see how ignorant I am yeah. about this? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's fine. So Molly is just, uh, yeah, Molly okay. is a form of MDMA. MDMA which is ecstasy. Is a, which is yes, ecstasy. Yeah, okay. it's, which, which if you actually, if, if you, if you look into drugs, MDMA is basically a branch off of acid and mushrooms. It's okay. just basically a tweaking of the molecule so that it's slightly different than the LSD molecule or the psilocybin molecule and even DMT. So, and those are all relevant because whenever I say drug use, I do not mean heroin, crack, cocaine, PCP, angel dust. Uh, okay. So what, what do you mean by when you experiment with drugs? You just talk about MDMA, I, LSD, shrooms like that? Well, uh, my main ones are like MDMA isn't really a main one. It was just that it it was just the introduction into the possibility, like the possibilities that that psychedelics can give me. Because from my from my perspective, I was so like 
like I was so closed off. I was so tight within myself. Like the way that I described it to my girlfriend at the time was that I felt like a black hole and that I was just consuming things to try to satiate this, this feeling of being a black hole. Nothing, nothing fixed that. Doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if it was sex, video games, uh, nicotine, like alcohol, mm-hmm. even. So, like, so what, even so what, so what did fill that hole then? I mean, eventually it was me. Like I am, I am the one that's filling that own hole. Like what it was is that I had gotten so like I had given into the illusion of separation so much that I was missing. Like I was, it, I wasn't missing it, but I was overlooking a huge aspect of myself. And part of that is because I believed myself to be this character. I believed myself to be this incarnation. And like, you know, along with those. Uh, along with those thoughts of like trying to fill the void you also have the fear of death like you know what happens after this like is this the end because a lot of people believe that you know we just die and that's it like we are no more when in in fact we are we are greater than this incarnation yes this incarnation will die like this mm-hmm. version of me will die. Like I will no longer be Seth. I would no I, longer. I, I, be- I like to use the word like biological self, and then you also maybe have an extra biological self. You can look at it from that perspective. Like there's our, you know, what we have in our physical body, our material body, and then there's something that transcends transcends the material and the physical. Well, <clears throat> see, and like for me, I wouldn't call that other self biological in any way because. I mean, depending on how you how you de- uh, define biological. Well, I mean, like for example, um, our bodies have blood and cells and DNA, and you know it's measurable by scientific testing and microscopes mm-hmm. and medical physical procedures yeah. and so forth, right? So when you go in for a surgery, it's not your soul that's going to be <laughs> perform surgery on, right? It's your physical body. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, where I'm sorry, where was I? So yeah, we're more than that. We're more than just our bodies. Yes, yeah. And oh, so yeah. So that like, <clears throat> that's, that's why, like, that's the reason why I was suffering in a way. Like if, if you want to label it suffering, you can. I mean, I've come to realize that suffering doesn't exist outside of our minds. Um, like as as much as what's going on in the world like like the war with ukraine and russia yes they're like there's seeming suffering there and there will be because people will perceive it as suffering okay. um, and not to take not to not to take away from that not to say that you know what they're experiencing is good as far as like in the moment because obviously it sucks and yeah i don't wish that upon anyone well i I was Um, impressed with some of your writing that you posted some comments on reddit i thought that mm -hmm. you were coming from a a pretty enlightened perspective and i don't say that often Mm -hmm. about comments that i've you know i'm engaging with on reddit a lot of times people (laughs) are are kind of missing the bigger picture Mm -hmm. 
sinning but, but, in a way. But 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 you seem to have uh, a more, you know, a correct perspective than many of those that I've encountered, and I appreciate that. And uh, so it means to me that there's some hope there. Life is not just about suffering, right? Nope, nope. And <clears throat> that's why I don't ascribe to Buddhism. Because Buddhism basically is just saying that life is suffering. Yeah, life can be suffering. That's just one possibility. And Buddhists, for some reason, decided to latch on to that possibility and say that life is suffering. It can be, sure, mm -hmm. but it can also be beautiful. It can also and be I think it, a lot of it has been misinterpreted in the past. Like maybe when they said life is, is suffering, maybe they what they really well, mean is that right. the separation from the whole yes. is yes. suffering. Now I'm not I, I when I when I knock religions I do not knock the the like the core of the religion like Buddha I do not believe that that's what he meant when he said like if he was the one that said life is suffering and all that like my problem is that <clears throat> too many like too many people push their beliefs on what religions like what jesus buddha muhammad like all these individual enlightened beings ascended masters whatever you want to label them <clears throat> they try to push their own perspective or their own uh what's the word i'm looking for their own uh bias or whatever onto that person but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that that's what that person meant like take the bible for instance like when you read the new testament a lot of people will argue, well, the Bible, like, uh, Christ, like Jesus said this or Jesus said that. And like, then they go and refer to messages that were never said by Jesus. They were said by Paul or Luke or Mark or John or. Yeah, I've, I've mentioned any that of the too, other. Too. Peter. It, it, that, right. That's something like my father is very born again Christian and mm -hmm. uh, he didn't he doesn't like it at all when I remind him that the New Testament is mostly written by Paul, which which never actually even right. met Jesus in the flesh. So it's and, uh, well, and and regardless, like the thing is, like uh, the the fact that he's never met Jesus isn't the most important detail. The uh -huh. most important detail is that he's not Jesus, plain yeah. and simple. Even yeah. if he did, like, even uh -huh. if he spent, you know, the three I, years I would, with Jesus, I would love it if Jesus actually wrote the New Testament. <laughs> Right. instead of instead of someone else writing it for him right yeah exactly and so, and that, like, that, that, that that that's like saying oh um like who's the author of uh, harry potter that's like saying well i'm a real big fan of jk rowling and from what i remember i'm going to create a whole new series about harry potter and uh and i want you to love it as much as jk rowling right well it, it would be more like uh i'm gonna write a, a harry potter and it's it's exactly what jk rowling would have wrote is it though exactly because it's you're like, not jk yeah, rowling like yeah yeah jk rowling might read that and be like no this is bullshit i never would have went that way like i'd have never went that direction with the story like that's mm -hmm. your own interpretation of it and people don't understand that people take those books literally and that's what uh, i had mentioned earlier in our conversation i don't know if we were recording at that point but like don't take things literally like they're it's symbolic like mm -hmm. get well the get way this. the way i look at it is all holy books are like the finger pointing at god as opposed exactly. to god itself it's like exactly. it can help you to have a relationship with god it can help you to develop that direct connection but when you get that direct connection 
that's more important than words right. on a page. Well, it's it like I, I try to I try to give this. I mean, analogy. experience always trumps book knowledge. Is my point exactly? And and I try to give this analogy, and not not everybody gets it. But it's like when you're a child and your parents tell you not to touch a stove, not to touch like a a, a the fire on the stove, right? Mm -hmm. They can they can tell you until they're blue in the face why you don't touch it. Like, and guess what? It, if that child actually you. touches the stove and burns himself, they not... really know why they're not supposed to touch it, right? <laughs> exactly. They, they the, fully the, understand. Yeah, and then they're they're, they're right. not remembering that their parents told them not to touch themselves. What they're remembering right. is the pain that they felt when they did. <laughs> well, it, the thing is, is that it it eliminates the question of whether or not it are like it, it eliminates the question of whether or not what you're told is true because. The, mm -hmm. the problem with somebody else telling you something is that you can immediately doubt it because you don't have an experience to fall back on to say, oh, yeah, that's true. Like I, I had that experience. But once you have the experience, then you have something you have something personal to fall back on to say, oh, yeah, I touched the stove. It was hot. Mm -hmm. Not fucking doing that again. Or I am going to to uh, like become more aware of the stove like i may interact with the stove i may like mm -hmm. cook with it and do things with it but i know to be aware enough not to to get my hand close to it because i know okay. that it, it will burn me well so. let me ask you a question so i mean we we talked a little bit about suffering and obviously your perspective is that life is not suffering what caused you to change your perspective that life is not suffering? Is there any specific experience or something that you can relate to? So, well, I, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it is an experience, but as long as you can stretch your consciousness not to focus on the minute second. Like um, when I say it was an experience, it stretched for about the last five to six years, I think, like that experience, the last five or six years as an experience is what changed me, was what allowed me to grow and expand and, and come to the realization that, um, that life is not suffering. Because um, uh, as I was saying earlier, like uh, for about 11 years or so, I lived in that suffering state where i just thought life was suffering like, was there a I mean, turning that point, point that that where the suffering ended well, it, and the new experience began for you i wouldn't i wouldn't say that there is a there is a defining singular moment that i could fall back on and say this is exactly what happened because everything is connected everything like it's the culmination of my experience that has given me that that realization not just i mean i can give you an example i will give you examples like i'll i'll go through kind of a brief storyline of what i experienced um <clears throat> so uh 11 years or so uh through the suffering well at that point i had uh, i basically had enough like i wanted to find a way to end my seeming suffering so I cert like like I said, I went to the doctor. I tried to, you know, have them tell me what was wrong with me. They couldn't. She wanted to prescribe me antidepressants. 
because let's face it, when you're suffering, you, you get depressed. It's, it's just part of the. Yeah. I have some personal experience with that as well. In my younger right. days, I, I was on antidepressants. I'm no longer yeah. need those or anything anymore. I haven't done right. that for many years, but yeah, right. it's definitely was part of what I had done too. Yep. And now I, I want to, again, uh, do a little, um, caveat, I guess, uh, I am in no way saying that antidepressants are not useful for certain people. Like just because um, this is why I don't think the details of a of an individual's life matter as much as the actual truth of it all. Like the the what it's trying to symbolize. People get too hung up. Like um, you know, if you have a preference for drugs or you don't have a preference for drugs, that's fine. That's your own personal choice. But mm-hmm. just because you have one or the other does not mean this. Like, so for me, like I, I have a preference toward drugs because or okay, psychedelics. Well, well let's, let, let, let's not let's go back to that. So I mean, you mentioned MDMA. What what about with the your the experiences that you've had with these other ones? So, <clears throat> well, like I'm I'm I, I really want to get people to understand, but um. Okay. So uh, the MDMA was a one-time thing. I've actually never done MDMA again since then because let's face it, I just couldn't get a hold of it. Okay. I didn't, I don't know people. Like I just happened, like it was one of those, those, I guess you can say synchronicity events where I just happened to meet up with a girl from my past who we had mutual feelings for. And now that we were older, things kind of came together well we met um <clears throat> she was the one that gave me the the mdma i went to a rave for the first time like i'm not that type of person um which even while mm. on mdma i was still reserved like that's just how i am on on any kind of uh uh like uh, whether it's alcohol drugs whatever like i'm 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 still very much aware of myself so but it was the gateway, like it was the, the eye-opener experience that I needed in order to realize that life isn't what I thought it was because I had such a concrete vision of what life was. So I went to the doctor, they told me that they couldn't help me, didn't wanna take antidepressants because I, I, for myself, I knew that that wasn't gonna be the answer for me. That was just gonna numb me. So I, I ended up finding mushrooms. Actually, it started with weed, but weed was more of just a, I guess, a crutch. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't expanding my consciousness. It was more dulling me at the time. Okay, so so you, um, you basically feel like these shrooms helped you in some way. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's no doubt that I am where I am today because of shrimps. Now, I view their consciousness as uh, like a lot of people, they, they make these statements like, why do you why do you see shrimps as being your friend? Or why do you see them as being conscious or whatever? Because it is, it is consciousness, everything is consciousness. So like, I view mushrooms like the, 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 the consciousness that is mushrooms, just like earth has a consciousness, right? We, we call her Gaia. Do we not? Mm-hmm. Like we've, we refer to earth as Gaia. Well, Gaia is earth's 
collective consciousness, like its overall consciousness. It may not be conscious in the form of humans, where you know she can stroll around the solar uh, solar system however she wants. Like she's stuck in her little path of orbiting the sun and whatever, but she still has consciousness, and mm -hmm. like that is like to me that is a fact. So for me like without mushrooms i would not be here where i am today i might not even be here existing in this reality i okay like, so, ba so basically what you're, what you're saying is that your experience with shrooms it kind of opened the door to a certain level of consciousness where you felt connected to gaia or to a, a, a greater uh, it, unity that it, you weren't aware of before well so mine started out with like uh, I don't talk to other entities. Like this is why I, this is why I, like um, like people will say that it's channeling. Like if I like you had mentioned that because uh, I had told you that I don't claim the words that I wrote on on Reddit that you read. Like you, you know, I, I appreciate that you think they're beautiful and I appreciate that they resonate with you and like I I appreciate well, when, all when you that. You say you didn't write it. I mean, are you claiming that it wasn't even your mind that wrote it and you were just a witness to these words coming out of your body with no volition I, and no inner volition or are you saying that I, you had a part of the cognitive process from well i mean they they, they it didn't come from this human it didn't come from this individual i mean like for example like, there's different concepts like in channeling you've got an entity that takes over your body there's also something called automatic writing where people just mm -hmm. put their hands just write things and they're, they're not even aware of what their right. hand is writing it's right. like well, how do you, so you with, well, with a with a lot of those people, they they will claim that it's somebody else doing the writing. <clears throat> I get no such thing. Like I do not feel like this is another entity coming through me. Like I don't feel like it's Jesus speaking through me. Now, the reason why I mention that is because I do like uh, uh, what's called the Christ letters. And that is supposed to be a channeling from Jesus, from Jesus' perspective, explaining the New Testament like from okay. his from Jesus's personal experience and the lady that that did it she channeled what she believed was Jesus I don't get that I don't get like when I write things when I when I have these moments they do not like <clears throat> even like spirit guides spirit guides are real mine is out there I have soulmates soul family I have all these things they are out there but my information does not does not come solely from them they may help they may you know help push the energy towards me so that i can receive it but it's mm -hmm. coming from a higher me it's got like every experience that i've ever had like i don't like whenever i take shrooms or um <clears throat> like one of the reasons like one of the things that i'm curious about uh taking would be ayahuasca okay. have you ever heard of ayahuasca yeah, the cactus. Oh, no, 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 the ayahuasca. No. no, that's from the South America, the DMT yes. with the DMT with ways the of MAO, preparing. MAO inhibitor is yeah, what it is. Otherwise so, known as <clears throat> uh, DMA ritual, I believe. Yeah. There's part I've one way heard. to do it. But, um, uh, but well, all right. Well, just to give you so, my, well, my two cents on this a little bit is that, I mean, when I was in my younger days, yeah, I did exper experiment with many of these psychedelics but now okay. that i am older and more mature and it's like i said more many years ago and, and now that i've had uh 
levels of experience that I didn't have before in terms of spirituality and bliss and unconditional love and so forth. I've come to the conclusion that no drug can come close to the mm, yeah, you're absolutely right. of uh, uh, experience and pleasure that you can receive directly uh, without the need of, of any of these. You're, um, you're absolutely right. The, the goal, the goal of drugs is not to rely on them. The goal of drugs is like, <clears throat> as much as I am pro, like we say, let's say psychedelics instead of drugs. Cause again, whenever I, okay. when I think of drugs, I do not think of cocaine hair, like all those, mm -hmm. like those, like the ones that typically put you into a really negative path. Like whenever I say drugs, I mean, psychedelics and psychedelics only weed, okay. all right. shrooms, LSD, MDMA, like even MDMA is, is iffy. Like that's, that's one that now that I know more about it, I probably will never do MDMA again because there's so many better options out there for you. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, I, I personally, am <clears throat> I advocate for people to avoid any kind of drugs even and do you even avoid well, avoid psychedelics unless you feel like that's really something well, that you must do but i i even even then you know i mean when so, i was younger well, i didn't have any other options right but but I well think like there's that's other the thing we we are so stuck in our in our illusion of separation that mm. for me like i like for this individual for this incarnation i strongly feel that there's there was no other option for me i do not think that i would have come to the like i would have gotten the information that i got without the aid of psychedelics like psychedelics and, and, are and, not and, and this is something that's in part of some ancient cultures i mean in native american indians you got uh, peyote mm -hmm. and peyote, you know again yeah. in south south america south you know, america you got uh, ayahuasca ayahuasca in, and in and india you in, also have things yeah so uh india is part was, of a culture well, so I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but it, it everything well, can be used uh, by nature to help you to get to where you are going, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it is, I mean, you cannot deny the fact that it's provided by nature. Like mushrooms are natural. Weed is natural. Mm -hmm. uh, LSD, not so much because that is manufactured, but it's based off the molecule of psilocybin. It's based off of the, like, so... And I've never experienced sure. LSD personally, but a lot of people say they get really good experiences with it. Okay, so for you, it was just primarily that your one experience with MDMA and then shrooms. Anything else? Sure. Well, I tried dabbling in DMT. Now, DMT is interesting in the fact that, um, uh, like, so the way that I see it is that there's a spectrum on everything, right? Life is a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yes. Like you have good and bad as a spectrum. Like even though we separate good and bad, they're they're part of the same spectrum. Well, as a human, like, we see things in terms of black duality. and white. It's just like yeah, duality. like the human yeah. perspective. Right. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, for me, I place I place psychedelics on a on a spectrum. Weed is the basically the the lowest end of the spectrum when just looking at the psychedelic spectrum, not in an overall spectrum, because obviously weed falls somewhere completely different on the overall spectrum. But on the psychedelic spectrum, weed for me is like the starting point is you get introduced to it. And then from there, you can, you can pile 
all the like you can set all the psychedelics in ascending order up to the very top ayahuasca is right next to the very top but dmt is the top okay so it and sounds like you had some kind of profound experience with that then no no i have not no and that's the interesting part because as 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 much as i've grown dmt still scares the shit out of me like i don't know what you do with language i don't know how you're um so so did like, you try languages. it mm -hmm. yes so did I you tried, feel afraid well, after you tried it okay so i tried to try it and the, the thing with dmt is that Were you in smoking order it to, yes okay so the thing the thing with dmt is that you you have to do so much of it like you have to do a certain amount of it to have the actual breakthrough experience of DMT. And the way that like the way the DMT works is that if you do enough of it, you basically go to the most extreme psychedelic arena that you can go to. Like you can't go any further than that or you'll you basically will never come back. Like beyond that point is the the infinite and once you mm. go beyond well, some that people point, compare it to dying right yes and mm. so and i think that it gives you a very similar experience i think that uh near-death experiences and now they are different like a near-death experience is more natural so you're gonna get like you're gonna you're gonna have more of an understanding of what's going on or at least you're you're not going to be as confused by it, in my opinion, because from what I've read of NDEs, <clears throat> like when they come back, they they basically know exactly what's going on. But with a DMT user, they don't necessarily have any idea what's going on because DMT is basically a cheat to get to that that point. Mm -hmm. Like we're and, not and, actually, and, and and that's why I look at drugs in general. It's kind of like mm -hmm. it gives you experiences earlier than you're necessarily supposed to naturally. But that you, you know, that's not to say that you're not well, going to be it, able to feel that way at naturally as you grow older anyway, through different experiences. Right. For me, it's more like I see it as more of a teaser rather than being a negative. Like a lot of people think of it as a negative. A lot of like, people, like, like watching a trailer for a movie instead of actually experiencing the movie. Right. Like, obviously, the trailer isn't the movie. So, I mean, in order to get the full experience of the movie, you have to go watch the movie. The, the trailer is only going to give you a summation of what's going on, but not really the full picture. That's what that's what psychedelics are. Psychedelics are a, a teaser into the possibilities of what you can achieve on your own. That's why that's why psychedelics are not a, a tool to be used for the rest of your life like <clears throat> use them until mm. till they're no longer needed and then say goodbye to them like a good friend like yeah say, well, well, I, well, like thank them for the help and then let them go oh i do have one more comment to make on this topic and mm -hmm. that is that from my experience part of what makes psychedelics work is that it weakens your will a bit forcibly and that it opens these doors in your perception by weakening your will and the more you take of of them the more uh weak, well, so weak you don't your, your think will can you be. don't think you don't think that it's your overall will that you took them in the first place well yeah that's true but let's say for example you, you can become more spacey you can become more passive you can become less um well th there's some negative side effects 
that people can experience. And that's why I don't recommend them, but you know, maybe, you know, there can be exceptions to that rule, but, uh, but as for what I'm about, I generally advise people do not, you know, try to avoid drugs when you can. Well, and that's, that's great. I will say that I get triggered by those who are adamant against people using drugs because from my perspective, they're just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, I, I, people... I don't argue that, but, but I guess where the danger could come mm-hmm. in too, though, is with kids, you know? Oh, no, 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 absolutely. You like, nobody should take them until they are of a certain age. Like as much suffering as teenagers go through. And I know they do because I went through that same suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am grateful that I did not get into to mushrooms before the age that I did like <clears throat> like I like in a way I was meant to take those the the shrooms like I was meant to to do exactly like I don't like some people might look back on their life and be like man I wish I would have never done that I wish I would have never like or I wish I didn't have to do this or I wish that life would have been different life would have been this way or that way or if I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. this then my entire life like you can't think that way because your life happens exactly the way that it's supposed to be. Absolutely. And not by any, and not what, by any, div- go ahead, go ahead. Well, not by any divine plan outside of yourself. You as a soul set this up yourself. Like me, like my soul intended for my life to play out exactly the way that it was supposed to play out. Well, you know, what, maybe it had. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to add is that one thing in defense of psychedelics is that they mm-hmm. are not physically addictive and that's very very important well and and that's and that's the thing though they are mentally addictive absolutely like there's no doubt that they can become mentally addictive because like that's something that i struggle with is addiction and it's one of the it's one of the lessons i guess you can say that i wanted to learn how to overcome Mm -hmm. because once i do i will feel so much greater so much more expanded so much bigger so much like once i give up the addictive part of the personality stop attaching to it stop saying that i am an addictive person rather than just say just realizing that i chose to 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 be addicted like i chose to experience addiction if you will okay well i I hear what you're saying and i think as adults you know we should you know adults should be allowed to make decisions for themselves yes, and, and their own bodies. Absolutely. And I don't think it's the government's job necessarily yeah, or, to, to well, the uh, war on drugs is something completely different. Isn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's one thing to advise, you know, I don't necessarily think that drugs are healthy, but I'm not saying that as an adult, you should be limited to what you decide to do for mm-hmm. with, with your absolutely. own body. Right. So that's, that's an important absolutely. distinction from what, what well, I stand. Well, and even like, I would even go so far as a lot of people might not agree with this, but I would even go so far as to say that suicide is a personal choice. Yes, you shouldn't commit suicide, but if a person wants to do that, that's well within their rights to do that. Nobody else can tell them that they have to stay here. Like, it's not like you can't force anybody to do anything. So don't like, well, I think them... it's disrespectful to your body. If you do that, I think it's, it's well, sure. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, but but it's on a personal, like that person, like, like we said, that person has to experience that moment. That person, like 
if that if that soul wanted to come here to experience suicide wanted to experience that experience like you mm-hmm. as an outsider you as a seeming outsider okay have well, no saying what they can I, do, I hear what but, you're saying and people have freedom but if somebody comes up to me and says well i'm thinking about committing suicide i'm going to try to talk that person out of it okay i'm not going to say i'm not going to say oh go for it man it's your body your choice go go jump off that bridge it's like no i'm not going to do that (laughs) well no what it is though is that you have to accept that ultimately it is their choice so even if you talk to them so what i'm Mm -hmm. saying is that even if you talk to them and you say you know well there's so much more to live for or you have this option or or before you do that try this try that there is a grand there is a grand plan right so uh, as humans we do have the capability to inspire and influence people yes. and people's lives and we should but be responsible f- with that my power my point is though is that it, say that you do everything in your power to try to convince them not to do it and they still end up doing it do not take the blame for their choices well i do agree we shouldn't that, well we if, shouldn't if only i would have done this or if only yeah, i would have yeah, yeah. like a lot of people do that and that's that's the problem I because don't think people should live in guilt. I don't think people should choose right. to blame themselves right. for everything. However, so, it's good to take responsibility for your own actions. I'm not yes. saying that. It's like there's a balance. Absolutely. But uh, absolutely. But if but, somebody does end up doing that, if somebody ends up taking that path, that's their choice. Like just like I have the choice. If I wanted to do that, I can do that. Nobody else can stop me. Like nobody else has uh, a, uh, a say in what I do or don't do. Now, if I like even in this even in a situation where it's like say that somebody attempts to do it and then they they get caught or you know whatever and they get put into a psych ward or they get put into jail or you know whatever crazy stupid uh punishments are for people who try to commit suicide it's so weird but even if like say they do that like that was still meant for them like their soul did not want them to actually experience suicide it wanted them to experience the consequences of attempting it okay show them because again like well i mean i I, same- I i i agree i mean everything that we experience should be regarded as necessary experience that that has led us to a certain point it, and you might well, say that suffering is possibly also necessary because without suffering yeah. then how would we even know not to want suffering so it's like everything right. can serve well, a, a purpose. But by the way, it's been about 45 minutes now of this podcast. Uh-huh. You haven't asked. <laughs> I don't think you've asked me any questions yet. So if you have if you have any questions you want to ask me, you you are free to do that, too. Mm, well, see, I'm not. <clears throat> this is this is something that I personally struggle with. Like I was telling you, I'm trying to get my people skills up because um, the way that I see it is that this is your podcast. I'm assuming that everybody knows quite a bit about you and your your take on things if you will is is that a correct assumption or uh well i mean it, it depends right I mean, that actually the uh-huh. subscriber count is not the hugest at the moment so sure who knows? No, 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 that, the, the, again this could be the first podcast for many people when they you know come on board <laughs> sure, sure. so but well i mean but it still stands to reason that if those people watch like they listen to this podcast they really like you they like your questions and whatnot they're gonna go and they're gonna go and watch or or listen to your other okay all right well but i'm saying is if you personally have any curiosity i'm not i'm not asking you this for my subscribers i'm just (laughs) as you as an individual if you have any you know curiosity about anything that i have an opinion upon you're certainly free to 
ask as well or if you want my, to know me like, more or anything like that so honestly my my biggest question is just what are you most interested in talking about like what is who are you like who do you see yourself as well that's a great great question and what i'm about is truth and love that's basically the <laughs> everything uh, love all trust truth that's what i'm about okay. be actually more... I, I do have a i do have a yeah. question um mm. expand upon the expand upon the idea that truth and love are separate okay like why well, do you why do you see them as separate well first why of all most of my life i did not regard them as separate okay i i assumed that when I was in my younger days, you know, just like most people, I was living out, out of my head. In fact, I didn't even know what love was. And right. that was something I was working on. It's like I wanted to get more of a heart experience to be able to open up my heart more to kind of, you know, not just be in my mind. And so at one point I met a self-proclaimed master and within a few seconds of being in his presence, it's like he helped me open up my heart. I'm like, well, wow, this is a whole other level of experience that I hadn't experienced before. And so and, you know, for the longest time, I thought that the whole journey of life is about the journey between the mind and the heart. And if you were to measure that on a stick, it seems like a very relatively short journey, but it could take oh, your yeah. entire lifetime to cross over from well, the mind into the heart. Actually, many yeah. lifetimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but that all changed a couple of years ago when I had this other experience of the crown opening and feeling this other experience that was not love it was not love it's like oh, wait a okay. second i know what love is and this is not love i don't know what this is well, and well, then and well, then it wasn't until mm -hmm. i i contacted the original um the original uh teacher that i, I was in contact with mentor yeah mm -hmm. yeah and he has, he said <clears throat> oh well that's that's truth and so <laughs> i'm like really so this is what truth is okay and then so and then and, okay, and from that point onward, it was like my mind has been in this permanent state of inspirational bliss of this connection with this one living truth. And at the same time, I can feel love in my heart. So it's like I have these two twin spheres of, of pleasure. And so now I recognize that, okay, love is great. The heart is great. But there's even something even more than that. And th th that's even at a higher frequency vibration than, than love is, whereas love is in all living things and all animals and all plants and all humans. Rocks. You know, the, the, the necessary fire, truth, earth. experience of truth maybe may not necessarily be experienced by animals well, and love. And maybe what? experience of truth is something that's reserved for humans and certain intelligent consciousnesses well you don't you don't think that other consciousnesses have access to that truth i mean if truth is truth if truth is the ultimate truth shouldn't all consciousness shouldn't all well i it all the matter of perspective you could say that all consciousnesses do have access to truth but maybe they first have to incarnate as a human before that or maybe if they first have to so there's a there's a a, a trail of of reincarnation maybe the insects become a another animal species with the bin become another animal species and maybe there's mm -hmm. that's a whole Expanding wheel of growth, life yeah. that eventually Evolve. everybody has the opportunity you know from the ants upwards to be incarnate as humans and to experience the ultimate but wouldn't like wouldn't those wouldn't 
everything embody truth regardless of whether or not they they grasp it i mean well certainly it's like it's like for example um we got billions of people on this planet right how many people are really conscious of the fact that they're on a spinning globe that's hurling through the vastness of space right it's like spinning yeah spinning like but they're they're a part of it they're a part of the earth they're a part of the earth that's gets vaulting through space and time and but people usually have a a very limited conception of Mm -hmm. that full experience and and so this experience is available to everybody but maybe not necessarily everybody's ready to receive it yet or has prepared their mind to receive it or maybe their mind isn't even capable of receiving it in this lifetime my point though is that regardless of whether or not you're capable of receiving it truth is truth truth will always absolutely even if even if you don't see it and you don't get it it's still there i mean like just because you don't see the the moon in the sky like if there's clouds or whatever in the sky and just because you can't see the moon doesn't mean the moon's not there it's still there it's true like that's the moon Uh, is there right which brings me another point because a lot of people talk about life being a balance um and what, the way I like looking at it is, is to say that life is not a balance. It's like the sun doesn't balance itself with night. It's the sun to the sun. There is no night. And right. so I, I believe that at the ultimate level of consciousness, you are shining embodiment of love and truth, and you are no longer subject to these ups and downs of life. Would you say that love is a truth? I would say love is an emanation of truth. Just like the origin or, or, or part of the spectrum of truth. So if you were to regard the center of the sun as being truth and the surface of the sun as being love, you could say, well, the love is part of truth, but the what? closer you get well, in deeper into, into this, into it, it's, it's, it, you're experiencing more of the truth aspect, the pure, the purest aspect. And also too localized in the body, we have the heart and that's typically from my experience, how we experience love, whereas the crown, I don't really feel well, that, love there. I don't feel the same kind of love there. It's it to me, it's in a different experience. And yes, you can say, oh, they're both connected, but it's more like they're connected just the same way that a rainbow is connected to like the different colors of the rainbow are still part of the rainbow, mm-hmm. but but they're different yeah, it's experiences. Still light. It's just it's just being refracted just being in a different way yeah. or fractaled into different colors so that you can see m- more of the light like yeah the the whole spectrum is light itself but then you're able to mm-hmm. actually expand the spectrum and see each each aspect of the spectrum yeah yeah and, ju- and just like the human body's got five different senses and you could say that all five senses connect into the brain but still you can regard each sense as having a different purpose and it's practical you know in in, in daily life but- and the same mm-hmm. thing can be true of coming from the experience of truth versus coming from the experience of love. It's like, just because they do meet and are connected at some place, that doesn't mean that they can't be valuable to experience them separately as, as well. So I have two questions that one would be, what was the experience of truth that you had? And okay. then the other one, and then the other one would be like, what was that experience that when you went to the mentor, he said, oh, that was truth. And then the other one is, what is your definition of unconditional love? Okay, well, unconditional. All right, well, let's take one at a time. Uh, 
Unconditional okay. love, in my opinion, is another word for that is agape. Agape, which is a biblical term for un unconditional love, is just basically the purest form of love. It's without attachment. It's actually the natural state of being. It's like how that's how everybody that should be the natural day to day experience. That's what it should be. That's well, the ideal, except except we've been become corrupted with, you know, misidentification of who we think we are. And we've wow. lost that experience. And, and you might say that as a child, we are maybe more connected with what unconditional love is. And then as we grow older, the minds get conditioned and we forget what that feeling is about. Okay. So that would be unconditional love. I don't know if you've been around small children, but- Oh yeah, yeah I, have, I have nieces that I'm with. Yeah, I but I mean, they, they, you know, they have this spontaneity, this ever never ending optimism. <clears throat> Well, life they don't, they don't have biases. They don't have biases. They don't have preconceived ideas. Like they don't have, they, they mm -hmm. come in with preconceived ideas, but they're sole preconceived ideas. Like they're so, I mean, like the Bible, uh, it says insecurities. that we should mm -hmm. be like children to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that just simply right. means that we should try to have a similar mindset. And that's not to say that we should be, be naive, naive or anything like that. We can no. still, uh -uh. you know, retain our, you know, um, sense of discernment, but that's an ideal that I think it's, that's important, yeah. but all right. So that answered that portion of the question. I'll get into the experience of truth. Yeah. So what, what was that exact experience of truth that when like, I mean, go into whatever detail you want with it. Well, well all I did at that point and, and keep in mind, this is, wasn't my first rodeo in terms of doing a meditation. I, oh, I've, no, no. I've, I've, I've had experiences <clears throat> in the past but uh, this specific moment, I guess the time was right. I, I, I just decided, okay, darn it, this is, I'm going to get to this next level. <laughs> yeah. It's time for me to get to the next level. That's basically what was my, my attitude. And I just uh, focused on my breath and kept a, uh, a erect posture. I, I wasn't even sitting on the ground. I was sitting on a normal chair and just did some breathe breath work and focused my mind to a pinpoint and I noticed a, a tingling at the top of my scalp, which then turned into like a trickle of like this heavenly blissful nectar dripping down from above on the top of yeah. my scalp is what it felt like and got hot oil or something. And then it just turned into a waterfall. It just became pouring and my whole mind just became immersed Downpour, in this ecstatic yeah. bliss that was just mind blowing euphoric yeah. I, there's so many ways to it's indescribable really but let's put it this way i've had experiences in my younger days with these various intoxicants and, and uh mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals and what have you and this blows away any right um drug dealer well, purchased <clears throat> thing yeah well and from from my opinion that's because it's you there's a sense of accomplishment of like because when you take the drug you still have in the back of your head this is just a drug i'm I, this i'm only experiencing this because i've taken a drug but when you have that experience outside of taking anything like um or having the experience um without having to take something outside of yourself you realize that this is not a drug. Like, how do well, I? Well, well, I mean, I hear, I hear where you're coming how from. Do I, but, but, yeah. but I mean, rationally, that's not the type of things that I'm thinking in that particular moment because 
it's just more like well, oh no, no. wow what you're, is this it's this is a this is amazing well, it's kind of a sense of awe you're, and, it, it's right sense, well you're yeah. not you're not thinking it because you never took a drug like you didn't take the drug so therefore you don't have the thought of well this is just the drug that's doing it this is just like you can't think those things because there's nothing nothing happened like some people would probably be like well you know i was like you have to you have to look at everybody's like because a lot of people have had the same experiences but they they push it aside they they try to make excuses for why it happened drug using like drug users are the easiest ones because they can just blame it on the drug and that's what a lot of people do like well, a lot, a lot of well, the, say, the difference between, between well, drugs I, too is it's, it's temporary right but uh, the, the right. point though is with this experience and what was different from other experiences i had in the past was that this experience didn't end it's like it stayed with me in fact even right. to this day my mind is always in bliss i never experienced fear i never experienced doubt i never experienced anxiety it's like my mind is bulletproof in, in terms of metaphor metaphorically it's like it's it's like no one can interrupt my headspace yes. it's like it's always in bliss right yeah but and you can experience that exact same thing on on psychedelics but well i wouldn't say exact same thing because that that's i i have well it's it's I, one I thing personally exact is well, a very I, specific scientific term so you, you can experience something similar but to say well, something is exact sure. everybody is unique everybody is an individual so well, I, what i'm what i mean is that you can experience the exact same thing not somebody else not me like i i may not like for me i like what i mean by like for mm. my experience is that the experiences that i've had on psychedelics I can experience those exact same things, not taking psychedelics. <clears throat> Am I at that point? No, because if okay. I were, then I wouldn't need, I wouldn't need anything. Like the well, problem is, is that. Well, what I can I share with in my, in my personal experience, cause I I've tried, I've sampled these various psychedelics in the past and I've never had an experience as amazing as, as this sure. or other. Sure. Means, and so. now, and once I have the experience myself, I will view it the same way. Slightly different in the fact that I will realize that the, the psychedelics that I took is what helped lead me to that overall greater experience. Like without having tasted the nectar, if you will, from the psychedelic experiences, because the first time that I had ever felt love for myself, like true, deep unconditional love for myself i was on weed like okay. i've never experienced that that feeling sober ever mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i got like i i smoked weed one night and this was after i had done like again before whenever i would smoke weed it was a dull it, it dulled me it it basically suppressed all of my problems <clears throat> which then made the issues worse it's why like the the physical sensation was getting worse and worse and worse because i was just suppressing those feelings but once i opened myself up and was able to experience what psychedelics were able to offer me whenever i went back to the weed at a later time i was then able to like I, instead of closing myself off and suppressing them i opened myself up completely and i for the first time in my entire 20 eight to 30 years. I think at that point I was like 31, no, 33, 32. It happened two years ago. 
So in the 32 years of my life, I had never felt love for myself. I had never loved myself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I get that experience. I get a taste of. Now, it went away because as soon as the weed wore off, I went back to my normal baseline state of existence. But sure. I still had the experience to fall back on and be like, it's possible. It's it, like before that, I didn't think it was possible because I'd never had the experience. I didn't know what it meant to love yourself. But then once I had the experience and we showed me the experience, it was like, yes, this is what it feels like to love yourself. Work on that. That is what your goal is, is to get to that point without the need for for anything out without the seeming need for anything outside of yourself so at some point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I i agree i mean obviously the goal is to be able to get there without right unassisted but did you anyway, know i answered you some of your questions did did i did did i satisfy your questions well <clears throat> yeah as far as like your your opinion and viewpoint absolutely um okay but just to add to what what i what i said there in terms of the other thing I'm about is a philosophy, the ultimate philosophy, because I, I am of the opinion that if you prepare your mind by having certain concepts ingrained that are more in harmony with universal truth, absolute truth, that that in turn can help mm-hmm. to accelerate the process and prepare your mind to receive g- greater experiences without sure. the use yeah. of drugs, that just mm-hmm. by having a philosophy that's more in harmony with the universe that that can happen without drugs. And so that's what I'm trying to do. It's like replace psychedelics with, with a book that can give you a philosophy that can give you even, uh, yeah, it can give you a better experience possibly. And in my opinion, they are one and the same. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you use psychedelics or a book or like if you use the Bible or you use Eckhart Tolle or Alan Watts or, you know, Buddha, uh, Mahatma Gandhi or, or whatever, uh, whoever the big person is that everybody tends to go off of. Like they are like, even psychedelics are the finger pointing to the truth. They are not the truth just like mm-hmm. with the bible the bible is not the truth it is a finger pointing to the truth it is it is trying to get you uh, like it is trying to point the way and guide you to the uh, truth ab- absolutely psychedelics and, and, are no and, different and, and by the way it's already been more than an hour of the podcast and i usually try to keep it shorter than this so i was thinking maybe we could um try to wrap things up and if sure. you have any final points or questions that you want to get across before we end things mm. This is where I'm I'm not a great podcaster. Because like there's so much that like I could literally talk about this forever. And there's there's no way to like essentially if if I had to leave with a point, I guess it would be like don't take what anyone is saying is ultimate truth because no one finite individual consciousness can understand infinity. Well, so, I hear what you're saying, but isn't that a limitation to say that it's not possible? Who's to know why, why limit the possibilities? Well, no, I, what I'm saying is that like, so if, 
Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Taoists, uh, uh, I mean, indigenous people, Indi Native Americans with their uh, spiritual beliefs, um, Greeks with theirs, Rome stole theirs from Greece. Mm -hmm. um, like, nobody's right. Everybody's right, and nobody's right. Like, well, I, right I would agree with you in that I would say that if you are not in a con continuous state of enlightenment, then your mind is deluded. And, well, that, and that's in not a, to be insulting to anybody. That's just a characteristic of human nature. Everybody's mind is, is going to have imperfections. I mean, there's nobody with a perfect mind. Well, and, and if you do have some kind yeah. of level of perfect mind, it's because you are connected with something greater than your human. Yes, you nature. are. Well, you, well, that's, and that, and I'm not disputing that. Like you are connected to infinite source. You are connected to the infinite. The problem is, is that we try to limit the infinite by labeling it, by classifying it, by saying, this is right. That's wrong. This is, this is a truth. That's not the truth. It's like ultimate truth doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to be defended it's true like regardless of whether or not you see the moon the moon is there mm -hmm. you can't like i'm not going to argue with somebody who's telling me like looking out on a cloudy night and say the moon's not there where's the it's moon like, it's or, not there anymore the earth is flat i'm not argue with the you. earth right, is flat right, exactly you exactly. can't prove I'm it wrong gonna, <laughs> i'm not going to argue with you because like <laughs> if you really like the only way that that person is going to be convinced that the earth is not flat is if you send them up in a rocket so they can see the earth from space. No, 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 and they no, no, no. They're going to, they're going to say that you put them into some sort of a simulation and that it wasn't a real rocket. That's their choice. That's their <laughs> choice. Like, I mean, again, that's, well, that was my point. That was my point earlier. Like, yeah, you can excuse away anything like in taking psychedelics, people, people do the same exact thing by saying that, well, I was just in a simulation created by the drugs. Like, it's not real. Like none mm -hmm. of that was real. It was yeah. just a simulation created by the drugs. Well, that's the same thing. Like people, mm -hmm. like no matter how much truth you reveal to them, if they're not ready, like the truth is there regardless of whether well, or not they're ready. The one ready. thing I have to comment on though is I, I, I am not, I'm never going to say that a psychedelic experience is always anyway. going to be true. All right. Because well, it can also be a deception. It can. Well, it, it depends. Well, it, it depends on how you view it. So like, the problem, like, like let's say, I, for like, example, like, you get a vision that someone is poisoning or is going to poison you in the future. Sure. And you're convinced in the psychedelic experience that that is true. But then yeah. later on, it never happens that way. So then sure. you could say, OK, well, that was kind of like a false experience. Well, it may not happen in the way that you think it will. So like if you if you truly like. If you truly believe something's going to happen, it's gonna manifest in one way or another. Maybe not the way that you 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 thought it would. Well, sure. It also has to do with your personal belief. You could say that even without right. without drugs, right? I mean, if somebody believes right, anything, right. it's gonna well, happen. I mean, <laughs> just, just I mean, honestly, get on get on any of the spiritual like like spirituality in general. Like I love getting on there. It's why it's how we connected. It's you know, I was answering your question on there. But I see like there's so many people on there that they just like they'll say, oh, this person is this person is uh, sending negative energy toward me. This person wants to harm me in a certain way. This person wants to do this. This person and they, wants they to could do be that. right. They could and be it's right. Like, <clears throat> well, they will be right because they believe it. Well, there is like, something called empathy, though. There is. 
What do you mean? I mean, there's a whole subreddit dedicated to that called Empath. There's mm -hmm. certain people oh, that no, are no, more no. sensitive like, to sure. other people's energy. So sure. But nothing says that you have to give in to that energy. Like, yeah, I can feel like I could feel negative energy coming off of somebody. Like if somebody was truly like, say that, say that I was just, you know, sitting out in a crowd and this, like, I, I, I like, I found this person whom just gives off this, I mean, immense negative energy, like they want to hurt somebody. Like, or like, even if they wanted to hurt me, like <clears throat> say that they were trying to direct that negative energy toward me. Like, like you said, your, your energy cannot be, cannot be, uh, uh, uh influenced, right? Like, well, you well, are, my mind, you are my, centered. My, well, right. There's a difference between my mind so, and my heart. So it's like, my heart can still feel if there's mm -hmm. a toxic energy, I can still feel what somebody sure. else is feeling through sure. my heart, but my mind is still seated in the state of bliss. So it's like, right. That's where there's a separation. Me. so you're which is you're a practical less, for separation well you're less likely you're less likely to be like uh to give in to the fear of what their energy could do to you but most people are afraid of that energy like they 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 literally believe that that person has some power over them that they can they can be a roadblock for them but in reality they're their own roadblock they're the ones creating the roadblock in the first place because they're allowing that person's energy to interrupt them. But which is, say, which is a very good point, which brings back to mm -hmm. having a shield of positivity, which in other words, you, you can build up kind of a, a skin of positivity that, that other people cannot penetrate. And you want to, well, you don't even, you don't even need that because again, that like that, that's closing yourself off. If you think that you have to keep other people's energy out of your your awareness no it's not closing well, it's not only that but it's about having an inner fortitude well right? it's yeah in a in a way but it's it's not to say that you should try to block that person's energy from getting into you feel that person's energy feel it just don't attach to it don't think that like well, don't I, hold I hear, on i hear what it. you're saying i mean basically it's it's a argument about being an individual and what constitutes being an individual it's like to be an individual, in my opinion, is to have the fortitude to be yourself in every situation, that you can be yourself Authentic. in every situation, yeah. and yet still be empathetic with others. So you can right. even be in toxic situations, right. but not let the toxic situations be able to overcome you completely, and you can well, so still like be confident an example, in that situation. An, an example would be like, um, say that like you, like you meet somebody and they, they just hate you for some reason like they they just for some reason they do not like you for whatever reason you have ultimately you have an infinite amount of choices but we'll limit these down to two choices you know black and white dualities sort of thing you can either do what most people do and attach yourself to that negativity like say why do they hate me what can i do to try to make them like me what like what did i do to make them hate me like what are they going to do to me are they going to try to harm me are they going to hurt me are they going to do this are they going to do that and you could just go down the rabbit hole right mm -hmm. or you can realize that this has nothing to do with me 
this is all them. This is their perception. They don't know me. They don't know who I really am. They're not seeing the real me because if they saw the real me, then they'd have no reason to hate me. Well, that brings us to another are... point because because that's a problem many people have is that they yep. do not identify yep. themselves by who they really are, but they choose to identify right. themselves by how other people they're, view them. They're choosing the first option. They're choosing the option of letting other people's opinions dictate who they believe themselves to be exactly and so and so in doing that they create their own reality by believing what other people like so if somebody else says that oh you're worthless well they believe themselves to be worthless if somebody else says i'm worthless i must be worthless well that's just because they're giving in to the energies of someone else acknowledge the fact that that person doesn't like you like don't shield you don't need to shield yourself from it you don't need to block yourself off from the energy you acknowledge it and say well i mean that's your problem it's not my problem like mm-hmm. i've got oh, yeah. no problem with myself i love myself i'm that, worthy that's what i am it, great and, and that, i am whatever that's what's interesting about being an individual <laughs> yeah. because on the one hand you can say okay we are all one <laughs> but if you take that to the extreme you could say well because you feel this way, I must feel this way too, because we're well, all you one. do. <laughs> you do. And see, and that's the thing. Like if you give in to the energy, if you give in to the energy, that means that you still are holding on to the belief that that's who you believe yourself to be. But mm-hmm. if you don't, like if it, doing the other path means that you know that you're like, all it is, 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 it's the universe. It, it, this is kind of a bad way to put it, but I mean, it's, kind of the only way that I can put it it's kind of the universe testing you because essentially you're like essentially what will happen is you will say okay universe I love myself I am worthy I am great I am awesome I am huge I am much more than I thought myself to be I love myself all this other stuff well then the universe is going to be like well let's put that to the test let's give you a reflection of that negative energy the opposite of what you think you are and let's really see how you handle this situation. Well, if you handle it in such a way that, uh, well, oh God, this person hates me. I guess I am unworthy. Well, then you didn't really believe that you were worthy. Well, I but would say more were- than belief, though, because that's belief can be a trap. Well, so it's like it's like it, no, belief I mean, is belief. Like well, whatever you stronger, believe in is. Well, stronger than belief is inspiration, in my opinion. It's like you have these different levels. Well, you got knowing. thought, and then it's you have knowing. Well. Like this, this, the strong, like it's the same thing. Knowing is the ultimate, like, because belief transitions into knowing. Knowing is basically like, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I know that I'm worthy. That's an interesting concept. I I mean, maybe we can put knowing above belief, but I would still put inspiration above knowing. Because inspiration is more than an idea. It's an experience. It's the experience of truth. So it's like an artist, for example, if he wants to create a masterpiece, he's not going to be able to do that if without inspiration. It's like the idea that, uh, for the painting has to come from somewhere. Same thing sure. with a poet or sure. a musician or a writer. And and it, that they, spark of inspiration also, that then creates this. They would also have to. Yeah, they would also have to know that they're able to do it, because even if like say that I'm able to create a masterpiece, that does not mean that I will create another one. It, it does not mean that I like to, so actually to give you <clears throat> to give an example so like say that say that there's a, an artist who creates this masterpiece like it is the best work that that people have seen for centuries even like say that you know they're on par with uh 
Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and all these great artists of the past and uh, I just can't think of any right now, but they create that. Well, they were inspired to create it, sure. Mm -hmm. But if they come, if they come out of that experience, not knowing that they are able to do that again, they will never create another masterpiece in their entire life. They will go out, they will go through the rest of their life believing that they are only able to create one masterpiece. Well, sure. I acknowledge that you can know do they both, can right? Another yeah, I acknowledge that it's yeah. not just inspiration. We got, there's a purpose for every aspect of human nature. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Ins inspiration is just getting, getting the truth and, and being able to do something with it. Knowing is, is, is the ability to actually do whatever the inspiration is because well, i can get inspiration all the time well, i get well, inspiration about everything well i, mean, I have well, no well, something that inspiration can do though also is it can help to formulate new beliefs and to overwrite old beliefs that yes. you recognize as, as being long inferior. as long as you're as long as you accept the experience as long as you allow yourself to go through the experience without getting in your own way because again, like I could be inspired to do something like say that I'm inspired to create a masterpiece. If I keep thinking during that time, am I able to do, am I really able to do this? Like, is like, yeah, well, you need confidence. Will this turn out okay? yourself? Yeah, well, certainly. You need a, you need a knowing that you're able to do it. Like believe, like believing you can do it is like, that's why I say it's a step below knowing because once you know that you can do something, nothing stands in your way. You have no roadblocks whatsoever. Yeah. Like if well, you get an inspiration. In, in a sense, it's a semantic thing too, though, because it's yeah. people that I defined belief in a different way. Like somebody can say, well, well I believe I'm a man. It's like, and I also know right. I'm a man. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and well, and that's the thing, like, and, and they, in a, in a sense, they are a man. I mean, like, I can say that, like, you know, I know that I'm a man. Well, yeah, okay. Like in the moment, I am a man. Like it's truth. Like I am, I am. I am projecting myself to the outside world as being a man. I can change that at any time. Like if I wanted to, I could, I could switch genders and, and say that, well, I know that I'm a female because in, and there is truth to it mm -hmm. because everybody Certainly. is both male and female. So now, you, now, yes, now okay. the truth, the truth to it may not be something that's measurable by science or medicine, but yeah, you can have that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the, like, believing why believing is important is because if you believe yourself to be a man you will play out the experience of being a man because that's what your belief is but if you believe yourself to be a female but you're in a man's body well you're going to struggle you're going to have problems and that's what that's what's happening with the the transgender movement <clears throat> like there's nothing wrong with it like you know and, and express well, it, yourself it could also be want. argued that maybe in the past life they were a woman and now they're a man oh, and, and maybe no absolutely maybe they're remembering their past life and then exactly. so it, it's it's true in a sense exactly. that maybe they were a woman and they're not yeah. accepting their new embodiment that's exactly. also a possibility exactly yeah. no that's well that's that's exactly what it is like as, as much as people want to say it's a possibility it's like i mean to those who don't who've not had the experience of past lives, who've not had the experience that you are more than this incarnation. You are more than this, this individual that you believe yourselves to be. Like you, your soul is a culmination of all of your past lives, like who you really are. So in doing that, you know, like it, to those who have had that experience, they know that they're not male or female, that they are both 
male and female at the same time being neither male and female. And some people then say, oh, well, I'm non-binary because of that. And I guess right. they, that's exactly. okay for them too. But but the exactly. point is, is that instead of getting stuck on gender, it's better just to say, okay, well, you know, maybe we're more than even being a man or a woman, you know, maybe there's something more than that even. Oh yeah, we are yeah. like male and female is just male and female is just the manifestation of this reality and duality because male and female is dualistic. It is, you are, you are, it's a spectrum and you have male on one side and female on the other side. You have so, masculine so I, on one side, you have feminine so I, on the other I, side. So I would argue that those that are really stuck on this gender identification and, and stuck mm -hmm. on, you know, identifying as a different gender, et cetera, they're still only emphasizing denying, the superficial aspect right. of themselves. Well, they're denying the the other aspect of themselves. They're denying the the opposite aspect. So like when somebody says that I'm female, or like if say that I'm a male and I say, well, I'm female, so I'm going to change my outward appearance to reflect that, I am essentially denying my masculinity. I'm denying the fact that I also have masculinity. The femininity is 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 basically like I have an imbalance in myself and the femininity has more sway over what I believe myself to be. But once they balance, like essentially everybody, even the people that have switched their genders at some point in their existing existence, they're going to come to the realization that they're neither male nor female. Like they just had a strong feminine or masculine urge. If I could change the subject for a second, let, sure. let's do sure, one sure. last question here before we close off. Sure. Um, what would you say from your understanding and experience, what would you say the meaning of life would be? To grow, to evolve. So is there an end goal in, in sight in that, or is it just a continuous? No, it's infinite. Like so, we will always grow, like even like, so, so everything is, uh, uh, cyclical. Everything goes in cycles, right? Mm -hmm. The earth revolves around the sun. Like it, it completes a cycle, starts anew, completes a cycle, starts anew. We call that a year. And <clears throat> then we, we count those years. Um, so even, even like, no matter how far you stretch your consciousness and say, well, this is the end, it will never be the end. It will only be the end of that story. It'll only be the end of that experience. And then once that ends, then we start anew. Life and death is an example, a smaller version of this. So like people believe that we have this one life, but what they don't realize is that after this life, we're going to come into an, uh, an entirely new life and we're going to live an entirely new set of conditions and scenarios and experiences so that we can grow and evolve. Well, once we're done with this paradigm of duality, once we're done learning everything that we can about duality, we then go and learn about something completely different. We start anew. We, we incarnate and, and like, even if everything goes back to source and everything becomes one again, it's just going to start all over again. It's going to like, the way that they say it is that it's an octaves like so how you have piano keys mm -hmm. you have uh, a through f or whatever or whatever the the piano notes are <clears throat> and then once you complete that octave you go up to the next octave now you have it's the same notes per se but just in a higher octave that's essentially okay. what existence will be if i can add to so, that because i have a slightly different uh, twist to this <clears throat> i would suggest mm -hmm. 
that humans have the ability to experience all of these octaves, the low up until the high. Humans uh, do not. Humans do not. Well, our souls do. Our consciousness does. Okay, okay. Because again, you, like, are, you can human... define it. Well, I mean, I, it, while residing in a well, human like, body, <laughs> I know well, we are not like, our bodies. I, re I recognize that we are not our yeah. bodies, but part of the human experience, if you were to take it to things well, to the next level, I would suggest mm -hmm. that there is a, a, a goal in a sense in that mm -hmm. it is to be complete and to experience that oneness yes. with the universe, to right. experience that harmony, to yes. be able to shine consistently every day and experience love and truth all the time, or at least to be so have the fortitude to experience that regardless of whatever. But don't you think you're going to get bored of that eventually? Well, no, because it does the sun get bored of shining. It's like that's just who yeah, it, it is. It, it's natural. No, it does. What well, do you think? Why do you think stars explode? Why do you think stars end their life and become something new? They be well, like maybe after a very, that, very long time. Right. If if you time get is bored an illusion. It with this time is an illusion. You can repeat the cycle if you want to. Sure, I mean you freedom. You won't repeat this. Well, like, so, you, but that's the thing. You don't repeat the cycle because our sun is not the same sun as it used to be. Our sun used to be a completely different sun okay, along well, with the earth. All right. I, I rephrase that and not repeat the cycle the exact same way, but, you know, because each individual is unique, of, of course, right. but uh, each individual well, has a unique experience. In fact, each two humans can never be the same. Right. So yep. even identical yep. twins. Even have different are not exactly the same yeah yeah so um so i would like again i would i would suggest that the goal would be to be polarized to the positive to experience these greater states of consciousness what, of, of what about but what about what about those experiences outside of polarity like the problem is is that since we are since we are in a uh polarized universe it's hard for us to see anything outside of that but well now, well here's where it gets a bit a bit controversial because i suggest that negativity is limited and positivity is unlimited and so that if you really want to be more you have to polarize yourself to the positive you can't well you, it's it's more so that negativity and positivity aren't like negativity isn't limited and positivity isn't unlimited it's that reality is unlimited uh, positivity and negativity are just spectrums on the scale, like uh, well, well, points on the well, spectrum. Sure, they're spe they're points of the points of the yeah. spectrum. But just as the universe is expanding, I understand that the ultimate consciousness is also in a state of expansion, well, and yeah. that the ultimate, when you experience it, it is not a negative experience; it's a positive experience. I, I cannot conceive of the ultimate as being. A negative so experience because here, I experience it as something that is great and it is amazing and it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's not ugly. It's not bad. It's 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 something that's no. good that to experience. Right. Ultimately, ultimately, it will be something good because because consciousness itself is like it's not it's not that it's good or bad. It just is, and it's like that's that's. That is where. Well, in the Bible, it says there's certain things in the Bible I agree with, but one of the things it does say is that God is good, and, and or God is great, and I have no reason to disagree with that. No, the problem though is that it's still it's still it still has the. 
the duality aspect to it and god is above duality god is not like duality does not it's just one aspect of god so well, like you can have a you can have a, an entirely different universe uh, like a, a multiverse situation where you have an entirely different universe that is not based upon polarity it's not based upon duality it's not mm -hmm. based upon good and bad or light and dark it, it can be completely it can be uh, essentially it can be anything and that's where you have to get yourself outside of this paradigm of polarity well here's how I'll, I'll, I'll address that because a, a master told me that you know michael uh, happiness is not enlightenment so i i agree with that because if you're happy that doesn't mean that you're enlightened but but i would not necessarily yeah I, I would equate that though to say that just like water has different stages of of uh for example you could say warm water is not the same as hot water which is not the same as boiling water which is not the same as steam but still you could say it's still all water still and that and yeah. that even though happiness may just be a warmth and which then could turn to sadness which might be a coolness cold yeah yeah that does not mean to say that happiness isn't a step in the direction of enlightenment and sadness is not well, a step away from enlightenment it, well it's not though that's the thing like nothing is nothing is separate from enlightenment enlightenment is realizing that everything is one and that <clears throat> there is no difference between good and evil there's no well, difference well i would suggest and dark and i say this repeatedly on my podcast but i would suggest that the ultimate is the best of everything it's the best that's in all things so if there's anything good about sadness then if that is going to also exist on the ultimate level it's like the ultimate level that you're not sacrificing anything it's all about adding right and so whatever right. makes life wonderful and, and beautiful and or even what makes life not wonderful what makes life hellish it's still know? beautiful like it's still wonderful it's still beautiful because the end result like because nothing lasts forever like that's that's the problem that we get into is that we well nothing those situations material lasts forever but i wouldn't put those no, same constraints nothing. on the ultimate i would say the ultimate could be immortal well, it's, it's ever it could be it could never even yeah, potentially the immortal die. but and it may not ever die but it still never it does it still doesn't say the same because like well, it, it depends on, on how we perceive that. it from the perspective of the human it never stays the same but who's to know from the perspective of the ultimate that it's not the same sure, because on the yeah. very, very deepest, who knows, you know, that, that potentiality is so amazing that the whole of creation can never fully express how amazing it is. Well, and for me, I feel like, I feel like not saying the same is like a, uh, it's something that the ultimate has embraced, if you will, because that is a human problem is that we like, we like habits, we like a routine, we like things as much as we can help it to stay the same, right? We get comfortable, we get in our little bubbles and we we try to stay there as much as possible when things change that like the death of a family member or a breakup or losing a job or something like that we freak out like that's like you might not because again you're you're you say you're in a state where nothing affects you so um 
like for most people, for everyday individuals, like especially when I was younger, and even still now, I still struggle with it. Uh, when something changes, it, it, like, it, it rocks the boat, if you will. It like it causes me to look at the situation and and to try to assess what's going on. Most of the time, we resist that change. Because uh, when you lose a job, you're like, oh, well, how am I going to get another job? And I don't have any money. I can't, I can't pay my rent. I can't pay my bills. I can't do this. I can't do that. Instead of just accepting the fact that, oh, okay, well, I was meant to not have this job. Let's go look for another job. Maybe the next job will be the best job in the world. I don't now, know. Some great salesmen like Ziegler would say that there are no mm -hmm. such thing as mistakes, only learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that is my point. Every, like the goal of everything is to learn, to grow, evolve, to, to expand, to change because we are ever changing creatures. Like, mm -hmm. um, and that's inherently a positive attitude. That's inherently an yeah. optimistic attitude. It's looking at the glasses yeah. half well, full instead of half, half empty. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's even more than that. It's just looking at reality. Reality is ever changing like nothing stays the same. I mean, even in it, this entire universe is based off the principle that nothing stays the same because what in this universe can you say has never changed? Well, from has certainly from a scientific changed. perspective, you can't really you know, make the, an argument that it, life is not changing because they conclude that the universe is expanding and, right. you know, even in geology, right. there's changes that, that occur. So that but, is a universal truth. Like a universal truth is that everything is changing because you like anything that stays stagnant dies. Well, I would I would agree that it's a universal truth from a physical perspective. But from, who, well, who's even, to say even that beyond physical in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly realms, I'm oh, not you're going ever changing because well, like in the heavenly realms, well, in the heavenly realms, you have control over your physical appearance so you you can at will project anything from the from your your uh, your not physical appearance because you're not technically physical although you can give yourself the the feeling of being physical but you know deep down that you're not actually physical you can change yourself to be whatever you want it to be so like when you're like so one of the reasons why I've never had experiences with other entities is because those other entities would present themselves in a way that would scare me or like, and it's not, it's not them. They're not doing it. They're just projecting what I would, I would see. Like they're just showing me what I am projecting to them, what I think they are. So mm -hmm. I've had, I've had one experience where I have met another entity that was conscious of the interaction outside of like, you know how dream space, all the entities within your dream are basically the dream. Like they're playing out whatever the dream scenario is. Okay. Like you, you couldn't have a conversation with a dream character and about like the existence of the universe because the dream itself, the dream world that they are in does not account for that. Like they're just playing the role of whatever their dream is. I've had one experience where I was outside of that, where I was, it was not a dream. It was like more of an astral projection or an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And like at the time I was 
entirely freaked out by it because they presented to me with my grandma's face, but it was this distorted sort of like overly exaggerated cartoony and they had this wry smile on their face like they knew what was happening like I didn't understand what was happening but they knew that this was all just a game Mm -hmm. but at the time I was entirely freaked out so like when the when the scenario progressed and I will I'll start out by saying that whenever this started they started out as a light coming into the room and then as that light got closer they came into appearance like they they were were you under the influence of any psychedelic at this point nope nope this was me just uh this was me doing a meditation or at least trying to do a meditation i'm not very disciplined in that aspect um which is why i chose drugs because i lack discipline immensely Mm -hmm. um but they uh like so when they presented to me like i didn't understand what was going on like during the entire thing i'm like what why like why do they look like my grandma like this is not my grandma because there's like this isn't what I know my grandma looks like so like I was confused about the whole thing and then at the end of it like right before I like shook myself from the experience they had said uh take off all your clothes I want like I want to see you naked well from a human perspective you know we're kind of we're kind of big on not showing nudity right <laughs> like we have a we have a problem with showing our physical selves so, so what did you do so that's when i woke up because i got scared because that human aspect of me was like i'm not getting naked i'm not gonna bear myself to, for like, grandma but right <laughs> but essentially but essentially what it was was that they were wanting me to bear my soul to them they were wanting me to symbolically get naked so that i can bear my soul to them so that they can see like see the real me not the me that i think that i am not this physical body not this person not this whatever at the time i didn't know that though i was just freaked out but upon reflecting on it i realized that that was either my guide uh a soulmate like a soul family member that was coming through to help me in that moment to like you know give me the experience that i needed to grow from it but at, at the time i just thought that it was you know i could have thought it was anything an evil entity coming to you know take advantage of me or whatever but it was just one of those soul members put project like that's not what they really look like that's not what they think they look like that's what i thought they looked like mm-hmm. and this so is this in, is why it's important to have a sense of fortitude and, and inner strength yeah. so that you can right be strong enough to with you know withstand experiences like this without without fear right right and so but and but i needed to go through that like i needed to address that fear and that's what i've been doing like even this even talking to you is is acknowledging a fear that i have like like the entire week, I like one of the reasons why I chose because we what talked on a Monday or Tuesday, right? Okay. Like you'd asked me to do this on a Monday or Tuesday. Now, most of it was because, you know, 12 o'clock the weekend was the, the best time to do this, like at, at least my time. But the other reason was because I wanted to give myself time to come into this because before this, I will admit, like I've been smoking weed but I haven't had weed for like the last 24 hours. So right now I am 
sober. Okay. Typically, I would want to do this while I was high because I, I have this belief and me saying this is me acknowledging that this exists, me not basically trying to, oh, no, I don't do that. I, I would never do that. No, I'm acknowledging the fact that I have, like, I have conditioned myself to become reliant on outside sources to achieve what you're talking about. I know that the goal eventually at some point in my journey, psychedelics will no longer be needed. Weed will no longer be a thing. Shrooms will no longer be a thing. Like I won't, like if I ever do any of those, it'll only be for the experience itself. Like one of the, one of the reasons why I want to take ayahuasca is not to have like a eye-opening experiences. It's literally just to talk to mother ayahuasca. Cause everybody who has, everybody who takes ayahuasca says that there's some feminine entity mm. called mother ayahuasca and i want that experience i want to interact with what is known as mother ayahuasca the entity well, that is mother ayahuasca well, well just so you know that's that's a form of dnt except you're not smoking it you're drinking it and the experience right, lasts orally. longer yeah right but with dmt like with ayahuasca the like with taking it orally you are able to gradually get to the point that you would get if you were to smoke DMT. DMT sends you straight there. You have no choice. Like mm -hmm. you go to the end of the line. Like it's essentially like you have two options. You can have the scenic route, or you can have the direct path, like the direct. Yeah, like and also you, it lasts take you very to the long destination. On the, the you know exactly. You, yeah. So even though, well, even though during the experience it may seem like it lasts an eternity. Because time is an illusion. Like, it doesn't matter if the actual drug in the physical world only lasts 10 minutes, which is typically, like, I think five to 10 minutes. That doesn't matter because time is an illusion. So while you're in the experience, you could live out an entire lifetime or millions of lifetimes. I think there are some people that they said that whatever their experiences was, it felt like an eternity to them. But then when they wake up, the dude, the, their friends are like, no, you're only out for like 10 minutes, man. Like, mm -hmm. that's the point the the details of of whatever's happening like what's happening within the experience doesn't matter it's it's what can you get out of, like what is the lesson what is what you're trying to be taught what like absolutely so like in my so in like my experience with that entity that i had like the the actual experience doesn't matter like the fact that i was like how it played out that you know they portrayed my grandma they had a a wry smile on their face you know i got this kind of uneasy feeling for them like or like or that they asked me to like like how it played out doesn't actually matter what matters is what i what i learned from it what i got from it what i realized from it what i realized was that they were just projecting to me my own fears my own whatever it was but that's not who they really are it's just like if I were to judge you, say, and say that, oh, you're a bad person, you're this, you're that, you're whatever, those are my projections. Now, I may see you as that. I may see you as, as like, you may come across to me as that type of person, but it doesn't mean that's who you really are. It just means, it just, because I'm projecting my own beliefs onto you, and I see you that way, so you're going to manifest. You're going to reflect that back to me. Absolutely. You're going to play the character for me, even though you're not the character, right? 
I, I agree. And speaking of which, it's this is kind of dragged down. I mean, not, not that it's dragged down, but it's it's lasted longer than and anticipated. <laughs> you, you've been a great guest, uh, Seth, and I, uh, I want to acknowledge you and uh, recognize that you've got some awesome ideas and perspective. And uh, and thank you for having the courage to come on board here and, and share those perspectives. I, I appreciate you giving me the chance to do so. Yeah, and um, uh, <laughs> I guess to, <laughs> it's it's hard to end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm trying to think here. What's what's the best way to uh, make as graceful of a conclusion as, as possible? possible yeah, <laughs> as as possible. Sometimes it's a bit of a challenge, but oh, um, but 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 yeah. No, I I acknowledge. You know, one main difference between religion and spirituality in my opinion is that religion tends to be more dogmatic and say okay things must be this way they yep. must fit into yep. this certain box and yep. whereas when you step outside of that box of religion you can acknowledge that yes the universe is much more vast yes. than people take it take credit uh the, the people acknowledge and and that's what makes life so so beautiful that, that there can be so many different experiences and different perspectives and that instead of saying that something exists or doesn't exist why can't we just say oh everything exists on some plane or another right. or some dimension yep. or another yep. and and, and maybe maybe in dreams it kind of can open up a doorway to another dimension or plane and, or, or through these astral journeys or near-death experiences and well, through different. every experience like not every just experience yeah, every experience has something to offer. Every experience is, is reflecting to you in some way. Like your your dreams are are a reflection of your subconscious, the parts of your subconscious that you're not uh, willing to look at it in a way or unaware of. Um, and I mean, it's that's essentially what all of it. That's essentially what existence is is just a reflection of our inner selves and once we balance that then the outer world will balance along with it um i i do want to add though that um don't for those who because i did this myself for those who are getting away from religions and getting away from the dogma don't make the mistake of doing what they do and say that they're not right um and or that you're you're right and they're wrong because that's the problem with that's one of the biggest problems with dogma is that they they try to say that their way of seeing reality is the right way of seeing reality and everybody else is wrong when in rea when in when in reality everybody has a piece of the truth but nobody has the whole truth they're they're just bits and pieces of it so for those who are struggling to accept religion's perspective um, because of, you know, maybe you had a bad experience and in, in, with religion, work on trying to see where their truth lies, where, where they are, where there is truth in what they're saying, rather than what they're trying to tell you is the truth. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, experience always trumps reality, trumps book knowledge or, and, and each individual is different. So what it could be true for one individual Maybe the essence of that truth could be the same potentially, but that doesn't mean that how it's interpreted is going to be the same for you. Right, right, exactly.
Yeah, definitely. Well, awesome. It's been great having you on, Seth. You have a fantastic, uh, is it uh, is it evening there? I'm not even sure what time. Where, where in the world are you again? Uh, I am in the U.S., um, in the Midwest, and right now it is 1.51 a.m. Yeah, so the early hours of the morning. So I hope we're not interrupting any work for tomorrow uh, or anything for you. Nope, I am. I am on this journey right now. I am... I would say I'm in the hermit phase at this point. Like this is, this is me reaching out probably the first time in about a year to someone outside of my circle. So cool. Right now cool. I'm just, yeah. Just so you, so you see you're, myself. you see you're in Texas. No, I'm, uh, I'm up closer nor, uh, near St. Louis. You know oh, St. Louis, is? Missouri. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I've got an Close uncle there. in St. Louis somewhere. Oh, nice. Everybody. Everybody has a family member in St. Louis for some reason. <laughs> like you're not the first person to be like, oh yeah, I have family in St. Louis. I'm like, how why do like how do people have so many family members over here in the St. Louis area? Yeah, it's yeah, all it's it's all good. And uh you be you stay awesome, Seth. I have a great night and uh you know and who knows, maybe we'll do this again sometime. Maybe. I mean if uh if it works out that way, it works out that way. Awesome. I'm uh, yep, hoping all the best for you, though. All right. Thank you. Yeah. You too. All right. Bye-bye.